Let me pray for us and we'll get going. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for this morning, that your mercies are new uh, each day. We thank you uh, for the opportunity to come and talk about uh, our children, our families, and about your people in the church. And we ask that you would bless um, this time, both in the words that we say and words that are heard, that we would get a vision for what you would have for our families. Help us in our weakness, embolden us, strengthen us, and encourage us as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Fall break, I'm assuming. What's that? Fall break. I think it's fall break or something. I mean, college football. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. That was what the real celebration was. That's kind of my thought. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. See if you guys have anything that I didn't know. I have given up all you know, trying to assess why people do what they do and when they do it. I think it's a fruitless task. So I'm happy that y'all are here. So that's about it. Um, But it'd be a good time to check in. Like, how are things going? We're maybe halfway through the class, a little bit third, half, something like that. Like, um, has it been helpful? Any feedback? that You implemented uh, Rose and Thorne, Yeah. six-year-old after maybe one dinner. Sits down and is like, all right, let's do it. Oh, that's so, awesome. Now, uh, yeah. like that. I mean, that makes my eyes teary. Like that. You're like, yay, yay. Yeah, literally, just one try. Boom. Wow. Like, let's play. Let's play. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. And 
like when they would find the little Bibles and just let them like highlight whatever That's... and like draw in it and color in it. Just like create that like this is something that I can like come into. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll share and like diffuse this like things are going great. Um, I'll do like a, <laughs> things are not going great. Um, we like this is just classic. I think it was the week after we whatever the week was. I don't know. It's all blurring together now. Um, when we talked about praying and like the um, pray, I don't know. Can't remember what one was. But anyways, we like did the like awkward like you came in one night, all the kids were in bed. Or no, one morning we got up and you you like kneeled at the side of the bed. Yeah. And I like looked at you like, are we gonna do this? We're we're doing this. We should, like yeah. we're we should do. You were like we should do this. And I was like yeah <laughs> yes we should do this. And so we were like kneeling at the side of the bed like praying together in the morning. And I'll be darned if law didn't come in right then you know like 5 45 6 a.m and confused as all get out what are y'all doing <laughs> yes <laughs> and but then he just knelt down at the bed right beside you and i was like yeah this is exactly we haven't done it since yeah it happened once it, was it happened once really well which should have been like motivation to like keep the practice but i guess that's where where the devil's gonna play his games and we um then we had all the other things, like basically the last two weeks of every single one of our family, except me, and kind of except you, getting sick with wow. various illnesses. Because that was pretty much yeah. Yeah. RSV, this other brand. There's all sorts of stuff. But no. No, thank goodness. It's, it's scary. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. What I remember Grace and Anna having that exact same experience with a Bible. It's like size six font. I mean, it's really small, but it's her own little. I mean, actually, it was mine. She made it her own. And there's something that's kind of a cool segue in what we're going to talk about today. Things that are often what we think over children's head, right? But there's still something special that they perceive in it, and that they were going about it. And I think the the writing in like a, an adult Bible. There was something well, I think cool you, about I that. actually think it wasn't just, there was like a little miniature book of common prayer that you like really liked. It was the 1662 oh. version yeah. of the book of common prayer. Super, the little, it's like tiny, very tiny. So it you really to loved it, but it, it was my, to her. my only copy of like, you know, that's like the standard Anglican book of common prayer yeah. that in the, but, yeah, but I, I mean, she still has that like that we gave to her when she was probably like two or three. That she, well, she, that she abducted, and we're like, I get okay, okay. Most of the pages are still there. Yeah, and she still reads it. And now, I mean, it's there's all sorts of yeah. doodles and everything mm-hmm. in it. So, mm-hmm. well, today we're going to talk about what is church and why do we do it. I mean, we've been figuring out um, going along in Justin Whitmore Early's book, The Habits of the Household. You'll notice that this is not in that book. What we're talking about today, but. It was in J.C. Ryle's, you know, one of the little five-page chapters. Uh, What chapter was it there? Chapter 7. And so one of the things I think we we were like, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, like, children and the importance of Sunday mornings, right? And so um, where do we want to start uh, with all of that? Well, probably kind of like what... When we were thinking last night, I mean, it was, I was thinking, what is the history of, what have children looked like in the church? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things in baptismal prep when I meet with families. I'd say, like, you know, the way we think about church now is pretty different from, like, the history of, like, the last 2,000 years. Like, only in the last, um, I, I think the, 
I mean, Sunday, this was interesting. It sent me down a rabbit hole, know, uh, basically, of like, <clears throat> so catechism was like a thing in the Reformation and in the early church, which was like a, a pastor or a priest or some appointed person was instructing children on Sundays, usually outside of the, uh, be in the evenings or in... It wasn't during the church time. This is yeah, what surprised us last night, because we can see like how the culture is so different now, where, I mean... And I mean, even in myself, like as a parent, I'm like, oh, that was nap time. Yeah. Church is during nap time. Or like how often I shy away from invitations to be with the body of Christ because I'm like, mm, my kids. Um, but it was, they would go to church together as a family, but then at noon, they would have like, catechism. They, they would go through the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, um, the Creed, and they would instruct mm-hmm. in the faith. And that, so there's a precedent for that, but throughout human history, or throughout the church's history, I should say, children were a part of the fellowship, right, the whole time. And so um, it probably was a lot noisier. Like the mess of mealtimes that we talked about last week, like that's probably how church was throughout history. And you think it began meeting in homes, but then middle ages, that sort of thing, it's, it probably smelled and it probably was louder than what we're used to, I would say. Um, so that's just one of the things. It's only in the last 100, 150 years that there would be a whole separate thing just for children during that worship time. Um, and so we, uh, you know, one of the things that we were going to share in this time was just kind of our experience. Like, we're not going to set a precedent for anybody else, but just our experience and what we've done um, and having little children and, and, and whatnot in, in the service and how to actually do that would be probably helpful. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, the, the point was basically like the whole, like the church first and foremost is not a building. It's the people of God, including all of the people of God. Right. Um, and so I love, oh, did I, I, didn't I think in, in this, was it in this now, because we overloaded on content last night. Um, I don't know if it's in this or, but I mean, it talks about like, it's not, we don't want to just say like, that's oh, it's a disservice to children to not have them in, in church, but also what, how is it forming the body inside the church when children are not present? Yeah. How, you know, is it, is it a blessing that children and the cries of children and the noises of children and the bodies of children are not present um, in worship. Yeah. Um, so I thought of, like, I, I love that we do this here because in a lot of the churches we've been to, you might get, like, what are we actually doing on Sunday mornings when we gather together? Like, okay, so if the church is the people, Sunday morning, why do we do this? Well, um, God's people have always been gathering together, and when two or three are gathered, the Lord is present. But he's commanded to keep the Sabbath holy. That was originally Saturday. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, that transitioned from Saturday to the Christian Sabbath of Sunday. And so we gather, and I love in the in morning prayer, like it's, it's told, it's a wonderful little summary of what we're doing. We've come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to render thanks for the great benefits that we've received at his hands. So the first thing that we're doing is we're giving thanks to God. We're setting forth his praise. He's he's glorious. And so he's the center of ultimately um, Sunday morning worship. We're to hear his holy word. So we're reminded of God's revelation. We need that daily in our lives, but we do it as his people gathered together. And then finally, we to, to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others, 
those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. That's the start to, to what we do in morning prayer. And I've, I've never heard it really anywhere else. Um, they tend to just say, let us pray, like at the start of the service. But I'm glad that there's that longer version that we use here because I think it's a really helpful way to explain what are we doing on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, there's a burden, right? Because um, people are where they are, right? With, with how they are integrating their children into church. Um, I think in this group and in this time, our focus has been really to think about formation and really to think about you know, the, the nuances within the choices that we are making as parents as we shepherd our children. And so I, I want that to be kind of like, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to hurt feelings outside of this, but I think why we're all here is because we want to, to, to take our choices and our decisions through a, a very intentional filter of, of how we're forming our kids. And so, um, I mean, where we stand right now, having a, a third grader, a first grader, and a baby, is that our, our personal um, approach to church is that we like to have our children in church with us. Um, and that has not always been where we were. Um, we, we've grown in this and we've grown more in this and I can sit down and I can really name um, mistakes that I made um, in my approaches to children's formation and what I would have thought was harmless or not that big of a deal. But like you look at all this content, you look at the the habits of the household and you're like whoa like the things i'm doing really do matter and so i can share right now you know with our third grader who i believe i mean i would say like she has a huge heart for the church and for the lord and loves um loves jesus uh, but she has a disconnect that was formed along the way and we have not always been here we've not always been in a high church setting we weren't even in an anglican setting right. in seminary for a while. Um, so it's been different things have formed her and and we hear too like hugely it's it's the parents so i can own man my mistakes of of she making this transition from like what would be children's church time into the whole church is she's like that's boring that's boring. And I'm grieving as a mom right now, as a, you as a dad. I mean, the parents in this were grieving. Like, things we did, the choices we made along the way, fed some message in her and did not catch a nuance in the messaging to her that this was boring. And I think um, we listened to Piper, and there's an article last night that he and his wife did. It's a wonderful thing. You're going to send it out. But he makes a great distinction of saying, we, and it made, me, it made my wheels start turning back to even the first thing we listened to when, like, you know, the out of Egypt compromises thing. Mm. Um, this is not a duty. This is a delight. Well, it is a duty. It, uh, it is a duty, but it doesn't stop there. It's a delight. And I think so often I have pushed my kids and, and, and my engagement with it has fallen short 
because I've, I've ended at duty and I have not welcomed them um, with them seeing my own delight for something. I've gotten caught up in the fact that like, I've got to get my kids to church or I've got to get, you know, we've got to get dressed. We've got to do this. Um, if, if we do this, you're going to, it, it, it's going to form you to come to church. You, you need to go to church. We heard that. Like, you know, children don't like to go to school, but we still send them to school. Children don't like to go to church. We're going to still send them to church. But, but, that, but that ultimately is like, yes, but have I welcomed it with delight? Because um, they'll be formed in that. I think that's the biggest thing is when we look at habits of the household. I mean, we talked about this was one of the questions that I included for discussion, which we might just do all together today. Um, but basically, do you all remember if last week when we were talking about meals and all of the stuff mm -hmm. that he was saying kids pick up on and they're formed in, you know, and that was so, I mean, all of it from like, the every chapter of the habits of the household is trying to articulate basically our example and what they pick up on in these habits mm -hmm. shapes what they love it shapes them fundamentally without them realizing it typically right and so he talked about and there's i put this long quote in there about like what are all the things if you think about like a meal yes it's impractical it's messy it's inefficient right mm -hmm. But there are so many wonderful virtues that are established when that's week in and week out. And what I was thinking like, it would be helpful is how much more in the weekly gathering of God's people, mm -hmm. what are they taking, um, again, that they're often not even aware of or cognizant of? Well, and Piper makes a great point in what we listen to that we'll send out. Is, you know, he said, children don't know how to speak, mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't mean we don't speak to them. We actually immerse them. In language, of and course they're not going to yeah, know what it means. Yeah, of course they're not going to know what <laughs> it means. That's what language learning is. But that's so. how we bring them into it. Yeah. Um, and I think something that is so to, to name something so amazing is, you know, how often are we like, oh, this is a, our kids can't get through this. This is a hard service. It's long. It's formal feeling, but. You know, the Anglican service is actually a highly kinesthetic experience. Tactile. Yeah, Tactile. I mean, they're, they're, you know, and I think, you know, what we've done is our children, like, and maybe this is something that we as parents could do where we go walk through this with somebody who could show us all the ways to engage the body in the service. You know, um, I know with our, our son and, and daughter, you know, I've held them near me in the service and I try to make this like a very physically um, loving time where their bodies experience like the soothing and the comforting of a mother's like love and a, and a kiss and a hug and and a whisper in the ear but you know when we stand to sing and, and the cross comes down I bow their bodies and show them and teach them these parts that then they become able to take on that ownership for themselves and almost do what people say is like choreography, but really then you're teaching the heart of it, of why we do this. Why are we bowing? Why are we crossing ourselves? Why are we kneeling? Um, why are we singing? And I think first and foremost is we, we can learn as the adults, the opportunities for that in the worship. But also I think that, I think you have to assess like where your own bondage is. Where do you feel as an adult who has children in the pew with you where do you feel that you can't worship? 
You know, is it because your business partner is sitting behind you and the last thing you want your business partner to see you do is to raise your hand and praise God, holy, holy, holy. Because, oh God, that's weird, right? But for your child to see that, for your child to hear boisterous, loud singing and praising completely off key, dad to mom, because you know what? I can't sing it well, but... I can sing to my Heavenly Father and let my child hear that. Um, and I, so, so I think I have inhibitions over what would be acceptable presentation of worship instead of realizing what is my body telling me I want to do right now to worship my Lord. And uh, Dave Wright one time when we had a group of kids at a youth conference, um, he, he said something that has always stuck with me and really shifted why I, I sit here saying this now is like, listen to your body and worship and, and, and feel free, like cast off that bondage that says you're too cool to, you know, just free yourself in worship. But um, he said, you know, it's like a little kid. Have you ever seen little kids when they see their parents? You know, sometimes when you go and you pick up your kid from school, sometimes they're kind of shy, right? Like they have to smile, they see you, and but you see relief washing over them because they're now in the presence of their parent, right? And they just... Sometimes you see the kids who see their parents, and what do they do? They run. They raise their hands. They say, Mama, Daddy, and they run to their parents. And it is, it is no second thought, right? They are following their body's desire to rejoice in the presence of their parent. And that for me really, I mean, I was one of these people that was like, you go to church and you sit and you don't, you don't do anything and you just do what is expected. Um, and I can say the prayers and, and I'm participating enough. But that was really a, something that stuck with me that. Yeah. Um, me too. I mean, at my experience, I mean, you weren't raised in the church. I was raised in a very church, a church very much like St. Philip's where it was weird if you stood out, like nobody's raising their hands. So you, that'd be weird. But I went to a non-denominational or Baptist church in college, and all of a sudden, I'm the odd one out who's not like singing or uh, you know raising your hand or whatever. Like that was that was so it was really comforting to hear this permission of like whatever that looks like, whether it's your hands down, whether it's just your hands, but singing sincerely. Or, you know, going all out like some people do. Um, and our kids have followed me. We were in a, a wonderful church for a period that was very much, um, it was an Anglican church, but very much um, probably more relaxed. And, and my children saw people um, worshiping with more um, physical diversity, right, in how they worshiped. Um, and, and they saw me, and I, my kids would, would do that. I mean, Grace, Anna loved just singing and just raising her hands to pray and, and I think I'm having to navigate that now where you know yeah the, the bottom line is they're gonna love what mm-hmm. nine times out of ten what you love mm-hmm. and so I love this is this is the article that I, I found and included in there there I don't agree with everything that John Piper says but there were a lot in here that as I read I was like this is a lot of where we're coming from I think and where we currently are and he says the greatest stumbling block for children in worship is that their parents don't cherish the worship hour Children can feel the difference between duty and delight. Therefore, the first and most important job of a parent is to fall in love with the worship of God. That was true for me. I mean, I saw that my parents, it was like, it was all duty. Kids can smell through BS, right? I mean, they know what is genuine and what is real. So I think what we're saying is whatever that actually is, cherish 
the worship of God. Like, have that be an authentic experience for you, and your kids are going to pick up on that, whatever that actually is. Um, We should probably talk a little bit about kind of, obviously, there's this, like, just, you know, the baby hole, right, that that we're in a little bit, that we've been in, and we can talk a little bit about navigating how we try to, you know, if mealtimes they're picking up on all this, how much more are they picking up in something that's designed to stimulate their affections and, and immerse them in God's word. Um, but obviously, like, babies sitting through an entire service. How, I mean, oh, man, I... Uh, I, I was reading a book, uh, I'm reading, it's the Miller book, or the praying, Paul Miller, Paul Miller praying, I was reading this weekend, anyways, but um, I actually like dog-eared the page, because like, oh, um, and I don't know what psalm it is, and then it's in somewhere, like Jesus quotes it, because it was talking about like, let the children come to me, but it was saying like, out of the mouth of infants is, is praise coming, you know, um, and I think about how often like I'll have the baby in there and she has just you know in when the songs are going like what a sensorial experience for a baby right and she will just totally go vocal and just let these like wonderful noises come out of her mouth and so what's the instinct sometimes it's like she doesn't know when to cut that off right like you know but you I think you can use your body to soothe a child you you know they perceive but um, there is this great quote that I've often used because I know like, and I like bless, bless you, Jessica. Like, I mean the lavender, remember the lavender stick here? <laughs> like I would sit with Jessica and, uh, Cecilia would get out your lavender oil roller and she would just cover herself in it. And then she would cover you in it. <laughs> But you didn't sit there saying no, no, no the whole time. I mean, I think that's where we discern the boundaries of what we're forming. Like, am I bringing my kids' favorite toys into the pew with me? No, right? Because it's not playtime. Because at one point, whatever you bring in, you are going to have to take out, right? At some point, these things are going to weed out. But you had the lavender roller, and you were so charitable, and it was just this wonderful experience. But she was quiet, and we know that like when kids are moving their hands, they're actually listening better and attuning better um and it was just i mean you were covered you were covered and but everybody was relaxed around you because it was lavender oil (laughs) but that i think and so i mean there were times i think that i've experienced as a parent i know i saw you experience i've seen many people experience when a baby or a young child will go vocal in church what do people do it's this uh, right, right. I make a point that when a baby makes a noise, I never look. Or when a kid makes a noise, I never look. And I'm trying to get my kids to do it. Like, here we are. We are focused on it. Like, we're going up. Um, and I can remember one time, it was when we were in seminary, and I was in a church that had no nursery care even. Um, like, and I, was, I had two kids under the age of two in church by myself. All wooden floors. Uh, it was... And- all wooden pews. It was a lot. It was like a noise box. And it was small. It was probably the size of this. Um, and it was a very traditional um, community. Rigidly, you weren't there. Rigidly so. Rigidly I so. I was there half the time. Um, but there was a woman that just really hurt me the whole time that I was there with my kids by just turning around, evident, you know, just dissatisfaction. I basically, like, she probably would have wanted to tell me, get up and get out. Um, 
But I, I know the reality from a child development standpoint. My kids aren't going to be quiet. They're not going to be still. I can tell them shh as much as I want. Like, this is just messy. Now, I think it does get to a level sometimes where kids have to just, they need a loving break. Like, we will just take a loving break. Um, we are not taking a loving discipline. I had a woman that I watched take a wooden spoon in her child out one time. That, I mean, I was like, do I call somebody? Like, But it's a loving break. Um, but I went up to the woman afterwards because I'm a rhino, um, but very charitably, like this is a sanctifying moment, and, and I stand as a shepherd of my children, and I want the goodness for all children in the church, and I went up to her after, and I just introduced myself, and I asked her name, and I was like, it was so great to worship with you today. Thank you for bearing with our, our presence as we grow and as we're learning. I love that my children get to experience church. And there's this great quote. And it's, if the voice of the child isn't heard in the church, the voice of the church won't be heard in the child. I'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, I was probably a little like red, you know, I was in my, my red zone of like, I can't believe you just turned around and looked at my children this way the whole time. Like, are you not connecting the dots? Like, the biggest conversation we have is, why are kids leaving the church? Why aren't kids in the church? How are we forming kids in the church? And my children just sat there, and a lady just turned around three rows in front of them and gave them the stink eye the whole time. No wonder my kids don't want to come or don't feel welcome. What are they perceiving? Because that's all that this content is telling us is they are formed. And there's, a, I mean, one of the things, you know the child development stuff. I have learned along with you, I guess, because of your expertise in there, but... Um, I learned that there's a huge difference. Actually, the babies are some of the easiest ones to deal with in church. It's like one and a half, two, three-year-olds, fours. They, they, they begin to actually, like, my point is that they get to a developmental stage mm-hmm. where it is an appropriate expectation. Yes. And goodness, I mean, when you start thinking, in the Peter Marshall sermon we played the first week, mm-hmm. it was like, they go to school eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, and... Like, we'll send them with sniffles if, you know, if they're tired, mm-hmm. like all of that. But for one and a half hours a week on something that we think is eternally important, we will often call it so quickly, right? Yeah. And so, um, but there's so much gray, especially is what yeah, I learned in the first, like, four or five years. But once they're, like, in first grade, kindergarten, they're, they're going to school all day. Oh, kindergartners sit. Kindergartners sit. Yeah. Probably for, what, 20, 30 minutes? Like, we can sit. Yeah. You know, I like as teachers, we can tell people like your kids sit for 20 to 30 minutes. And so like what we're trying to instill, and this is one of the cool things we've been in churches that are, I mean, met in an old house. There was a church that was in a synagogue that they had three songs, a 40 minute sermon and three songs. And that was the service. Like, um, and then we've come to St. Philip's and talk about like, what do you want to instill in your children? So we talked about like Worship on Sundays is about glorifying God, praising God, but it's also about our identity formation. Who are we? And children are picking up on that, not so much in the content, but all the other things around it. The environment, what they do, that informs their identity, and babies pick up on that sort of thing. And so that was one of the big tipping points for us. of like, man, we want to bring them into this and, and kind of teach them this, who, who they are, and they'll, they'll step into it. But a place like St. Philip's where the architecture matches the reverence that you're looking 
to instill for the, for God in children. And that there was a Sunday yeah. where I had Eleanor. I mean, and she this is her nap time. Like it is what it is. Like, but she's third baby. So I'm like, oh, you t- oh, go sleep. You tired? Like, you know, we do this. Put your thumb in. You fine. You fine. Go to sleep. And um, but there was, it was communion, and she was sound asleep in my arms, and we came down and. I think you were serving up there. It was Brian, wasn't it? No, I can't remember. Hey, um, but we went up to the, the rail all the way up to get communion. The kids have started. Oh, yeah. We've yeah, started yeah, taking yeah. it the rail. And, um, but there was a line, and I had the sleeping baby, and we were standing. It was right in the middle of, like, the organ and the choir, and the <gasps> choir was singing. Belting it out. Like, belting. And my whole body just got covered in chills. I'm getting teary because... There is this sleeping baby in the midst of just this glory. And she stayed asleep in that. And just, I was like, if this is not heaven, like a glimpse of heaven where where we will rest with such beauty in worship that, that she had no idea, but like, oh, to be that, to be in the arms of a parent in worship to God in this majesty. I mean, whoo! And I, but I was like, this is forming her. Like, she's sleeping in this. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, every time she's sleeping, she goes to communion with Brian. She wakes up, I think, in a panic because he baptized her. And <laughs> Splash water yeah, in her face. So every time she hears Brian's voice, she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, been, there's been, for every one time of those holding the baby quietly yeah. in this glorious choir singing over her, there have been ten times where you've come up to the oh, station yeah. and she wakes up and is. just screams the rest of the service mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, there you go. Or she bounces. Uh, but I think for me, I took away of like, oh, there is such a thing like in when they're like two or three, they're learning to walk, they're learning to crawl. I think that's the hardest time. Oh yeah. And and that is a oh. that is something that like we're absolutely like, hey, we would love for our kid to to be in a space where you know, a nursery where they're learning to do that sort of thing and bring them in for communion, figure mm-hmm. that whole thing out. But mm-hmm. but really the the um, yeah, just that formation. Well, and I think so much of that is at home. Like, we have lots of friends in, in like, priest worldy stuff who do this very well in their homes. I'm always like, man, I wish we did this better. But it's, I don't know, like, aesthetically, like, I don't really want that in my house. But they do. And what do you think? Like, their kids get it. Like, they, they're forming well. Um, we have friends who have, like, um, like, tables in their house with um little pieces that their children can set on the table and like a a linen cloth and a little cross or little pictures of saints and bibles and prayer book and candles and and their children do this in their home and this is like and so then with they're seeing that in the home and we've heard and read about like what children are seeing their parents do and what children are seeing in their home. And then they come to church on a Sunday and they're seeing the linen and the candles and the cross and the prayer book and the Bible. And they're watching the priest um, prepare the table. Um, it's forming them. And, and I can remember back to some advice that was shared with me in like the early years of like getting kids able to do church um, with joy and delight is, you know, moms at home, it wasn't like they expected their kid to come to church all of a sudden and be able to, like, church was not the place where we trained yeah. and formed our bodies to sit well. No, we were doing that six other days of the week so that this was just a part of that, but this was not the disciplinary primacy part, right? Um, so moms would do these things where they would say, okay, prayer time. 
and they would sit with their child on the floor in a quiet prayer time for five minutes. Or you're playing games like singing hymns or songs, put on worship music and do freeze dance so that the child starts learning to hold their body still. And so you're teaching those regulation skills to the body of the child in the presence of prayer and worship music and things like this. But then when they come on Sundays, that's part of the rhythm and routine. Their exposure, is, this is not drastically different and a drastically different expectation. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what uh, John Piper's wife, Noelle, says in some of this. The preparation is all week long. Your anticipation and conversation before and after the service and during the week will be important in helping your children love worship and to behave well in the service. And I think that conversation that goes back to what we were saying is like, and I've failed in this so much, and man, our culture totally does, of like, okay, so the conversation is not, we're going to church and we're, you're going to sit quiet and still. Right? That, that ends at duty. Yeah. That ends at performance. What it is, we're going to go to church and we're going to still our bodies and we're going to listen for the presence of God. And, oh, we're going to go to church and I can't wait to sit next to you and I can't wait to, what it, you know, give thanks to God. Can you be thinking about two things that you want to thank God for? Because mommy can't wait to pray with you in church. You know, so many you see people come into church and what do they do before the service starts? They kneel and they're praying. Like, I'm coming in and I'm like, baby bag and the noise and the this and the that. And I'm like, man, I could be more intentional to like sit down with my children in the pew and, and hold their little hands and say, come Lord Jesus, let us worship you today. Thank you that we are here. Give us the grace and the mercy that we need and long for to be well with you. Yeah. So we have five minutes for discussion. Um, but with a smaller group, I figured we can just discuss now, honestly. I, one of the things I would like to talk about, some of the objections maybe that are mm-hmm. common ones to it, like they're not getting anything out of it or I'm getting nothing out of it. Like, mm. What would you say to something like that? I'm getting nothing out of it is, I think, the biggest thing, right? Like I go to church because I need to get built back up so that I can go and, and parent my children better and teach them about Jesus. And I think the challenge there that I hear in my own heart is like, no, you're getting something out of it. You are being sanctified perpetually in every second by welcoming your children into the worship experience with you in that time together. You're in a season, right? We were talking about this morning, like, man, you enter that new baby life, like a baby comes into your life and it strips you. And that doesn't change. Like, it's a new welcoming. It's a new season. And so is this just a new season of, of I can be empty in a, as a parent in a pew with my children next to me and let them see that, you know? I'm not harming my children by being empty and coming to Jesus. I'm actually showing them, and I can say to them, man, mommy's tank is empty today. And my lava feels like it's going to explode today. I need to go to Jesus. Come with me. Because there will be times in your life, there have been times in your life where you are empty or you feel like you're going to explode and you need Jesus. Come with me. Will you pray for me? Inviting your children to pray for you, right? I, and one of the things I've been, I mean, because I get to sit up front, uh, which is really easy. Mm. And But the summers are amazing when I actually get to, like, they, like, I remember growing up with a dad who, I, who loved me and I think wanted to really pass on the faith. But, like, never sang, never prayed out loud, anything like that. And so it was always important to me. I was like, as awkward as this is going to feel, I'm going to mm. do it. And 
it has been a joy, I think, for me in the summers, especially when we're on vacation, that that, that can happen. But one of the things that's been amazing for me to witness is the way that you really try to it's throughout the week setting up Sunday as like the best day and this is the highlight of our week but even on Sunday morning how you talk about it but also the things that you do do you want to I mean like the, the there's the fine line the fine line of bribery and yeah. reward versus like like what's my temptation is to be like I'm going to give you pancakes with extra syrup if you can just get your clothes on because we have to go to church um, but no I think we were living at one house one time but like on our route to church it was really a convenient thing um, to stop and get a McDonald's cinnamon roll as our Sunday morning, not bribe, right. right? I'm not bribing my kids. It was never like I had to make sure, like self-control, Mama. Like it is not if you don't get dressed, we are not going to McDonald's to get the cinnamon roll, right? And it was never if you can get dressed and have a good attitude right now. Like, oh, you're, you're being a little snot bucket right now. Okay, well, then you're not getting your cinnamon roll. No, like, it was non-negotiable. Like, we get the cinnamon roll. That is a point of just a joy in our day of Sunday. And so we are bearing with the struggle. We're getting out, and we're going through. And we would just get this, like, cinnamon roll on the way to church, and it was wonderful. But it was trying to set up that, like, there is something special and good about Sundays. And there's something different because I mean, in our house and probably like I'm rushing by myself, our Sunday mornings feel a lot like our Monday through Friday mornings. And I don't like that. Like there should be something different. And so in my dreams, I'm like, like, man, in a perfect world, like Sunday mornings, I would have this like grand breakfast. And then this would be this lovely, like, like wonderful meal in the morning. And then we're going to skip off to church in our lovely matching outfits that really matter. Um, but it's not like that. And so I try to find those little things of like, we, for a long time, there was one song that we would listen to, Raise a Hallelujah. It's an 11 minute song, but we would not put it on. This is great. We would not put it on until we got to the foot of the bridge. So like the whole ride there, the kids are like, all right, all right, like here we go. And then like, boom. And it's like, this like anthem song, it's like, I raise a hallelujah. And like the kids. I mean, they like, they would get into it and it's 11 minutes and it was like, we'd be getting off the bridge, pulling right into the St. Philip's parking lot and the song would be over. And I raised a hallelujah, but then what happened was Lent. And I took the song away because in Lent we don't, we don't say hallelujah. And they, it, they were the ones that were like, mm, we can't listen to our song during Lent. So you better believe like Easter morning, <laughs> Like, I think everybody on that on bridge, the on the peninsula, heard, I'm going to raise a hallelujah. But I think it's these little things that make, like, the Sunday morning process of coming to give thanks, to, to bring our petitions and praise, to worship. Like, it's all these little things that we can do that I try, that I have to almost put the safeguards to myself. Like, otherwise, my sin is going to completely corrode and darken the door of my children's habits formation yeah all right well it's 10 15 <laughs> we didn't even have any yeah. open discussion today um, so uh one of the things that next week we'll be talking about is discipline like we said that could be like a multi-week uh topic but there was a lot of that covered uh, that we didn't even talk about in relation to church and you kind of alluded to it like what happens in the home to prepare and how you do, I mean, you've, uh, you've shown me a lot in 
you know, even the ways you discipline teach your children about God in some ways. And so, like, sending them away, you know, in, was, you know, time out. I've, it's made me think of a lot of that. So I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be great. We don't love time out in our house. Yeah. Um, but all of this, I mean, like, we're still evolving. We've come a long way, and I think we're still going. So. And I can see the mistakes we've made. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and we're going to continue to make them. I think what I love about the heart of why we're doing this content is because my, it's like what she said last week, like good is the enemy of great, right? I mean, it, I, I just long to see more of, of that kingdom vision walking out in my family. And the only way that happens is to sit down and say, refine me. And, and let me read this and let me think about this and let me freak out over this because, oh my goodness, dinner matters, right? Um, yeah. but, but all under what we've constantly come back to every time or begun with every time is that there, there's grace and there's mercy. Yeah. Um, when be encouraged because I think in the uh, Habits of the Household book, it's not so much about the details in terms of t- uh, tactics of discipline. Uh, that, yeah, it's more of kind of the... Um, what, why we're doing it and that sort of thing and how to do it. But, um, well, let me pray. I would encourage you, grab the, the parent panel question, the answers from this week, they're, they're in there. Also that um, article that we've referenced, again, it's not perfect. There's a lot of things in there that we wouldn't agree with. But. And I wish I was going to church. I thought we have sick kids at home. But like, is anybody like sitting here being like, okay, I'm going to go to church and like, I mean... Maybe there's something like forming like a spark, the fire to like, maybe it really, it's just the bondage of, um, of doubt being, being broken in your lives that, you know, going to worship. Like I pray today, I hope like pray today, um, for your, your fullness in worship. Well, do you want to pray? No. Okay. I'll pray. Go for it. (laughs) That's just on my heart. I'll pray. I'm not going to form anything. I'll pray. (laughs) Uh, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for uh, all the ways even that we have failed and that we rely on you. We thank you uh, for the good news of the gospel, that you are a better parent than we could ever be, and that you love our children more than even we do. We entrust them back into your hands uh, at this moment. We ask that you would help us as we seek to bring our children up in the faith Would you give us, as I prayed earlier, the the strength, the wisdom to do this and help it to be, first and foremost, something that we as parents delight in Mm -hmm. so that our example is something that just by osmosis falls off on our children, that they become uh, delighted by singing your praises, by praying with your people. Um, And we, we ask your help. We thank you for each person that's here, for those who couldn't make it today. And bless us now as we go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.